Whistle Way Podcast. My name is Brian Kochi, the Director of Marketing at Whistle Realty, and I am joined today by Chris Van- Vandervalk. I should say Vanderchuk. I, not me. I don't know. Uh, Chris. <laughs> I am that sure. Uh, Chris is our COO at Whistle Realty Group. Say hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, before we get into it, I want to talk about the do's and don'ts of a CRM. But before we get into it, tell people listening a little bit about who you are and, and what do you do here. Yeah. My name is Chris Vandermark. I'm the COO or integrator. My role is to work with our leadership team, Brian being one of them, and Kyle, and basically be a filter up and down to make sure the right things get integrated into the company at the right time. And I think this is a podcast what we'll do in the future, but I think if you are a real estate agent and you find yourself bouncing from thing to thing to thing to thing, shiny object to shiny object, we have to set up this department, we have to set up this department, and constantly find yourself starting but never uh, optimizing and growing and, and, and maximizing, and you have 10,000 half-started projects, uh, getting someone on your team like Chris, getting an integrator on your team uh, is probably... I mean. That's part of the EOS process, and it's something that's massively transformed our business. Um, it's a little little plug for for EOS and, and Chris on that. So today, again, like I said, I want to talk about the do's and don'ts of a CRM. Whether you're on a team, whether you own a team, whether you're a solo agent, what are some things you should do? Some things you shouldn't do? Um, as we get into that, can I just say get follow up boss, or is that you can, but not yet. We'll, we'll, we'll lead into that. Um, if you guys want more information like this, information to help you grow your business, information to um, get better and, and really dive into kind of the, the nuts and bolts of, of real estate in general, uh, go to thewhistleway.com. On there, we have links to our Facebook group, our YouTube channel, our podcast, our um, agent newsletter. Our, you can ask questions that we will answer on the show. Also, information about our Media Mayor Mastermind. This is our video course that Kyle and I have spent um, hours and hours, the, the team especially, many more hours even editing, really diving in, breaking down step-by-step, piece-by-piece, exactly how we built our community video series that we've done for the past five years. Not only done that, but also um, follow up with two Q&A sessions a week where we tell you things literally that we're looking at implementing, implementing in our business, um, trying out things that have worked, things that have not worked. Um, those I find are the hardest to share because I don't love sharing failures, but I think people get the most uh, out of. So if you want information about that, we are doing a 50% off. Go to thewhistleway.com or mediamayormastermind.com for that specifically. Oh, and if you like this, leave a review, please. That means a lot to us. Subscribe, like, tell us in the comments what you think, uh, share your thoughts about either things that were right, wrong, or things that we missed. So all of those things, that to be said, let's dive right in. CRM, do you want to talk about Follow Boss and why we use, let, let's go right into a plug of Follow Boss. And it's not a, uh, I wouldn't plug it if, uh, to be fair, we, we, I looked at, I, I kind of headed up that project and we switched over from our last CRM. Uh, we looked at everything from Salesforce to Active Campaign to- uh, High level, go high level. Uh, go high level, keep all non-real estate specific CRMs that all four are really good that I just mentioned. Um, but we had to decide, and Kyle had a lot of influence over this at the time, because I, I would say I'm a little bit more on the technical side. Uh, the end user still has to be able to use it. And Meaning I think that- the agent. The agent. That, yeah. and, and if you're a team that recruits a lot of people, or even if you don't, you're gonna add people, 
no one got into real estate because they're like, I want to be the most technical, savvy person with CRM. That's ever. not true. There are people. <laughs> the vast majority get Correct. into real estate for unlimited income, flexibility in their schedule, and, yes. and to build a business. And so uh, that just doesn't add up. So end user, uh, being user friendly is why we picked FileFoss, and it has as much robust back-end support to be able to do anything you want to do as those four. And so that's why we picked it. Yeah. and I mean, API being the key, uh, Yeah, open API being the key so one. So we love Follow Boss. There's no shame in that. We're, not that there's shame. We have no shame in plugging them. Um, full transparency, this wasn't happened, didn't happen when we started, but Chris, your fiance, I believe, works at Follow Boss. She does, yeah. Um, but we wouldn't be running a multi-million dollar company with 70 agents based on your fiance's job. No. Sorry, but that's not, if she quits, we're not fucking moving because of that. Um, so we love Follow Boss. It's not even close. Um, but what I wanna make sure we are very clear on in this episode is if you don't have Follow Boss, this will give you still do's and don'ts. Yep. This will, we're not gonna be specific to that. We're not gonna say, oh, well, get Follow Boss if you don't have it, right? Like, um, it was the best for us. It is the best for us. Um, who knows if it will always be, but as of now, they, they are. Um, I'm glad you said that, actually, will it always be. I think that's a great uh, track to lay for this whole thing is you should anticipate that you're not going to be with someone forever. I mean, we were with Boomtown for <clears throat> 10 years, and it was the best for us for a long, long time. Um, and Technology evolved. That's correct. And, and we were looking for things that we we weren't capable of 10 years ago yep. um, and that they were they, – it wasn't in their roadmap to, to go that way. And I'm not mad at that. Like, if, if they're, that's not their core competency to do something we wanted, cool, do your business. But we that's why we switched. So I, I just want to say, uh, the reason I don't want to leave it on that, it sounds bad. Uh, be, you build whatever you're going to build in your CRM with the ability to leave, not because you should jump around. I know a lot of people habitually do that that are single agents, and they're always looking for the thing that's going to make it all drive. It shouldn't matter. You should... Switching CRM should add a feature or two or whatever, but at the end of the day, I think the biggest takeaway I want to get from this is is it make it simplistic. And if it's simplistic, you can translate it to any technology, whatever. They might call it a stage. They might call it a grouping. They might call it a bucket, whatever. I've been in some great CRMs that do it each different ways. But I started doing real estate in Mojo. Like we use Mojo and Google Sheets. It wasn't Google Sheets at the time. I think it was uh, Excel online. And, and that's all we use. And we closed 200 plus homes a year doing that, all listings. And we didn't have a robust CRM. We didn't have a CRM. It was Mojo, if you've ever used it, it's not a CRM. It's a way to call people, but between groups and tags in there, we built it. But it was just as easy, I could build it in a Google Sheet too. All right, so first do, Yep. Um, we didn't write this earlier, but my first do is have a CRM. Have something, yeah. Right, something that's more robust than Mojo plus Google Sheets. Yeah. There's, there's a bunch out, like we said, Follow Boss, Firepoint, Sync, Sierra Interactive. Oh, man, my, um, I used to love uh, Contactually, but they shut down. I yeah, that was a. Uh, I don't know. There's a ton out there. Um, this is, again, I'm not going to recommend any besides Follow Boss because that's the one we know and use and love. Yep. Um, but so number one, have a, a CRM. Yep. Do, and another, I'm going to say another do about that is, if you plan to grow with it, if you if you want to say, hey, this is where I'm at now, but I want to grow and I don't want to hop from one to one to one. Yep. Make sure it has open API capabilities. And if you know what that is, cool. If you don't, long story short, it allows other things to plug into it. Think of it more like a, um, now they're all kind of different, but think of it more like a 
Android of 2007 or Android of 2010 versus the iPhone of 2010. iPhone, you had to basically have a Mac, have to have um, iTunes. It was all very closed off and it was a, a, a singular system. Android, you could plug it into fucking your toaster and you could you could play music. Like and That's right, why I still use one. I know. Um, but so an open API allows you to plug in other systems and have it communicate two ways. Um, Whether that be softwares, other, uh, you know, your Google Calendar, your your IDX solution. And, and that's kind of actually how we came to following, finding follow-up buses. Uh, we wanted to do, if you remember, we were, you and I were working on a project for Seller Leads. And we we're like, oh, we should run Seller Leads. And we're like, well, who are we kidding? Like, we're no experts at... Uh, landing page conversion and we can do it we can get by but there's people that do this all day every day with million dollar budgets that they kind of know what they're doing and they're always refining it week over week things change and so we're like and that's where we found Ylopo is our journey and we were like oh we want to plug it in and it's like we had an all-in-one solution so it wasn't possible and so we want to always be able to the way I look at it if a call action comes out which we have it's the best we can bolt it on and but FUB is our home it's our it's our core it should stay but Bob doesn't try to, I, what I love about it and any CRM you use that I don't really, unless you have like one person, two person, and you really don't want to ever scale and it's always going to be that, I would highly suggest an all-in-one. Mm -hmm. Highly suggest. If that's, but I, there's a lot of people out there that probably listen to this, they really don't want to scale into a big company or even a five, ten person team. And that's okay. But if you're and, going to and scale. And I would say, I would only, if that's who you think you are and you're a year in the business, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust it's a big yourself. Decision to, yeah, it's a big I, decision. To make. If you've been in the business for 15 years, you've done it all, and you say, you know what? I this want to be me, my assistant. I want to work all, all in one all day. Yep. All day. Yep. And unless you have the budget to have multiple plugins. The downside of having OP API like a FUB is, I downside very loosely, it creates a lot more upside in the revenue it creates. But yeah, we have a bolt-on for our IDX. We have a bolt-on for our texting solution. We have a bolt-on for our email drip to make sure our, our uh, um, you know, they stay compliant. They stay in, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Good registry. Uh, yeah. uh, right. What are the score is? We use SendGrid for that. So we're able to bolt-on. But if SendGrid went out of business or maybe we were like, oh, they're, they're really trashing our domain, we'd just fire. And we'd get someone else, we'd bolt it on, and it would happen instantly. And we don't have to switch CRMs. Correct. Cool. So, okay, that's API in a nutshell and, the, and then come down a rabbit hole. Um, it's the tech side. Also, let's talk about stages. Mm -hmm. We took uh, months to oh. dial in our stages. We've done everything from, um, you know, when they were going to buy versus buyer or seller versus – we did a lot of things that were um, – looking back, I want to say the word stupid – um, naive. Uh, naive, early. We just yeah. had to get there. Yeah. So can you tell a, a little bit about what the stages we have now are and what why we do that? Yeah, and I actually did a, a podcast with Follow Us on this. I'm, I could go. This could be a 45-minute talk, uh, but I'm not uh, going to do that to you that. guys. Nope. Um, <laughs> Tom I, says nope. No, abbreviated version, though. Um, at the end of the day, depending on the system, I'm going to talk to FUB a little bit because that's what we're using and that's how we do it. But uh, FUB, what I like about it is you have deal stages and you have communication stages. Every CRM, at the end of the day, it's customer relationship manager. They all intended purpose is to follow up people at the right time according to whatever rules you put in place with your stages, buckets, whatever. I create stages that are non-linear, meaning they can happen at different cadences. Linear example would be they, we set an appointment, then we meet, then we sign, then we go pending, and then we're closed. And that is a very procedural thing. Well, you don't go from met to setting an appointment, your first time appointment. You don't go from signed to meeting for the first time. It's always going forward. 
The problem with I see in a lot of CRMs is they set their contact stages as those things. And then when you set rules, your contact stages tell you how often should Brian follow up with these set, set of leads. If you put appointment met, you could have someone you met with that you never want to talk to again. They have bad credit or they're just a jerk and you don't do business with them. And you could also have mets that are people you should follow up once a week or people you should follow up once a month. So by doing a linear thing, it really doesn't tell you anything differently besides where you're at. That's a great thing. If you don't have deal stages like Bub does, use a tag for that or use something else, but you're not really doing an action or value add to them based on their linear progression. It's more of a bucketing to know where your pipeline's at. Stages, communication stages, those should tell you what you should do and, and really start to give you an overlay of how often you should do it. So for us, we have hot, which for us, that's once a week, contact, phone call, text, whatever, video, warm, that's once a month for us. We did a little bit longer, it used to be three weeks. We softened that a little bit. And then our, uh, our cold, our C plus is once every 90 days. And then we have archive. And archive means, hey, they're real contact data, but they have no intent, they're a looky-loo, they're bad, you know, bad intent, I would say. They, we registered and their intent did not match the registration they filled out. But we want to keep that contact info valid so we can remarket, do other things. So that's kind of, think of it as a pond. It's a holding area of people that we're just not going to follow up unless we do like a call night and we're just going to drum up and try to get some new leads from our pond. And then we have trash, which is no valid contact info from one way or another. And, and then we have lead, which is non-contacted. Okay, so you, uh, we, we're missing some, so, so lead. Yep. And so the goal of lead is to get them out of the lead stage into a... Uh, uh, what did you call it, an intent stage? Yeah, an intent, knowing what they are. Yep. So I think I did in our last podcast, we talked about kind of my only goal is for people to answer the phone again. Yep. So anyone in lead stage, and the way I tell the ISAs all the time is that anyone in there, your only goal is to get them out of lead stage and know their when or their why. You have to know those things to get them out of lead. Otherwise, you talk to them, sure, but how do you know if they're hot or cold? Yeah, you don't. So know their winner why, and then and then upgrade them out of lead. And we've added a couple more stages, um, and I don't want to go into depth of these. But we can, one one sentence: uh, vendors. Yep. So who are vendors? Vendors are anyone really uh, that you would consider vendors an agent. I've seen agents do it. They're plumbers down to other real estate agents, but it's basically it's allowing you to filter them out because when you're following up, yep. blinders on. Yeah, these are the people that find you on Google My Business, hey, I'm running a plumbing special or house home warranty. Great, I'll think about you someday. Yep. Go to my vendors list yep. and, and out of my face. And that way, if they call again, you don't have to write whatever. And you know they are. But Or, you know, hey, if someone needs a plumber, you might type in plumber and you're like, oh, I actually have someone. We also have active shopping. Yes. Yep. Um, so That's a new one. It's a new one and because we want to communicate with them differently than our hots. We don't necessarily need to hit them up once, like, it, those are your, their rules for engagement are the same as our hot. Okay. But what we did is we said, how does, how do we, should we remarket those people differently? Should we, those people, should we inspect the pipelines and say, okay, I want to make sure that I update their Ylopo searches at least once or twice a week and just, or I want to go in the back end and just do some analytics. And if you have 25 hots, but you have four active, those four people should really take a priority over the other 25. Yep. Um, we also have pending. Yep. Which... Same thing, and now that, there's weird nuances where the deal stage and the communication stage will match. The reason we did that is we realized, okay, and at the time deal stages weren't as built out, so we probably actually don't have to have it now, but at the time it was, hey, we don't want to prospect, they're technically hot, but they're in contract stage, we, don't, we need to cancel their, um, 
you know, their YLOPO search, let's stop sending them new properties and getting them, is this the right house? Let's cancel some of the communication and let's make it more transactional at this point. Um, and then I think we have, we have closed as well. Yeah, which closed then uh, is, it stays in closed, which updates this, it's a little bit nuanced, but basically until they have a new intent to buy or sell, they stay there. And then when that happens, they go back to lead until we know when or why, and then they become hot, warm, or cold. And it just, yep. it's not a funnel, it's a, it's a it's complete circular. circular, it's a life cycle. Let's talk a little bit about the do's and don'ts specifically of tags. Hmm. Um, we are perfect and, at tags. <laughs> no, and, and I am also not great at tags. Um, there's, you know, I, I have my own CRM for stuff um, that I use Go High Level for, um, and I'm also not great at tags. But talk about the about using prefixes and suffixes. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit before. So I think by doing prefixes and suffixes, what I mean by that is. Uh, let me back up a little bit. I, I think anything that you're going to measure, create a, a, a tag. If you're creating a tag, it's to find it later or measure something, most likely. Or uh, find it later. Yep. If you oh. group it, it's to, me it's to oh. measure it in some way. I'm using pretty yeah. I was trying global to think find terms it later. here. But yeah. Yeah. basically, th th it's really those two intents. It's to find it or to group it for some reason, whether it's mass email, follow-up, whatever it is. Yep. Um, so I think what everyone does, they start, uh, I'm on a phone. VA, they're they're VA buyer, got it. And then you get to the next class, like, oh, they're they're in the Navy, Navy veteran tag. And then just it, it just and people typically add tags as they go. Where and we did that, and we've done that. And I think the way to really, we continue to do that, yeah, we continue to do that, and then agents do it too, and then everyone's doing it, and then we have like five thousand tags. Uh, fun project I have coming up. As I've kind of unpacked this and, and kind of using some financial background and other stuff that I've learned, is like if you can't, if you're not going to actually measure it and do ever do anything with it, then why are we doing it? Besides just, just, just in case. So what I started to do is like with the suffixes is like okay, we're going to measure this, um, you know, veteran, and then this one or VA buyer, whatever, and then and you can layer tags. So layer tags just tell a story. But if it's if you're going to truly do let's say veteran as the main one then do it if you really are going to do like a special newsletter for the navy and a special one for the marines and a special one for the army sure then do veteran colon navy veteran colon and then add that tag plus the veteran tag so if you ever wanted to do all your va buyers at once you don't have to layer one two three four five tags to do it but most people start with the subfix tag i think everyone should start with the the global tag of just va buyer and just don't get more specific unless you're going to do something with it. So yeah, having a tagging convention, being intentional about it. Um, I don't think most. I think most CRMs are not specific about capital or not capital. But I would be very conscious of all my stuff is going to be singular or all my stuff is going to be plural. Yes. VA buyer versus VA buyers. If you do both of them, you're like, Fuck. like it well, gets also confusing. You're just no. Like prep with the end in mind. You're going to have to redo your tag list. Yep. Whether you it's from when you grow to two agents to ten agents, or when you grow from one agent to a team. Like no matter what, and it's is ongoing. We're always up. We updated our stage play three or four times in the last two years. Tags the same thing. So it's going to change. Stuff evolves. If you do the suffix is at the beginning, and you have a naming convention to what you're talking about, cleaning up is way less of a task. I think a suffix is at the end, isn't a prefix at the beginning? Correct. So the suffix okay. would be like VA of the Navy. Yep. Yep. Marines, whatever it is, just using that example. But we do it a lot of times. Like we do it for um, investor, you know, or it's uh, 
yeah, there's like five different words for investor. It's like or zip code. We put a specific zip code, like, and so so. One thing, like I said, naming convention, either do zip code or the city name. Don't do both. It gets right. confusing. Um, wh- one thing that would I think would have saved us so much time and I think would save everyone so much time is figure out how you're going to space between words. Mm-hmm. Are you going to do space dash space? Are you going to do space? Are you going to do underscore? How are you going to do that and keep that consistent? Yep. It's so annoying how... I am so guilty. I usually like the space, but maybe it's colon. And then you're like, have a tag map. Like, I know it's a funny thing, but one thing we did do, and I would do again, is like have a tag master. Like one person is responsible and owns adding, removing the official tag list. And no one else can do it without going through them. That way there's one person. And if you're a single team leader, the reason I was getting at the suffix and make it a logical, like more of a like global term, Kyle does not and will not go through all these tags. Now he probably created... 40% 40% of the ones we moved over from Boomtown, truthfully. Mm, he probably created 70% from Boomtown. Maybe it's 70. And there's a lot in there. But he shouldn't also at this level, at where he sits today, it would be crazy to say, hey, Kyle, I need you to go through all of these tags. It's not a good use of his time. And it's a real issue that we have all these and we don't know which ones to get rid of. So if you create this documentation very early on, or why it's small, when you bring in an integrator, you bring in an ops person or whatever it is, an assistant, now you have at least the bylaws, if you will, of saying, hey, can you help? Like, we would need to consolidate, and they can make sense of it. But if it's just a big list, they can't really differentiate is everything in here important or not important. And now they're clicking one by one, and they don't have enough context. So creating that documentation at the more global level, I think, really helps with tags. Yeah, and I think, like I said, starting it pretty simply of singular or plural, how you're going to space it, like you said, how granular you're going to get. Um, Ask you, why am I adding this tag? Yeah. What am I going to do with it? Yep. Um, and if you don't have a good answer, just don't add it. Someone asked me, they're like, oh, should we do this and this? I'm like, like in theory, cool. Like like you said, Marines, Army. I'm like, Great. in theory, cool. But are you going to make nine newsletters? No? Then do fucking veteran. Or, yeah, veteran. Or military or whatever. And right? for some reason, everyone gets the specificity with tags. And I think it's just start with the end of mind. What are you going to do? Yep. Nothing? Then don't do it. Um, last thing. Oh, one other thing. For tags, use Z. Most systems are alphabetical. There's a little hack I do. I just share. If it's an admin task, like we do a lot of automations internally. If it's a tag that not everyone needs to use, I always add the prefix of a Z to it. So it buries it at the bottom of the list and doesn't show up in people's list. That way it's they keep a clean working list. I also, if I have high priority ones, I'll use numerical like one, two, three, or four for the top tags. That way it jumps them to the top of the list. Or, or a lot of times a star. It's what shift seven or shift eight. Oh, the that'll symbols. Be, I haven't done symbols. Yeah, that'll be typically the very first one. So if you, if you say, hey, I need you to always add buyer, seller, or buyer, seller, have those starred, and that way, you know, oh, shit, yeah, that's the one. Yep. So, um, and then also having a CRM that can search by the whole tag, not by just what it starts with. That drives me crazy with someone. I'm like, I'm looking for buyer. And they're like, no, you didn't search Z buyer. I'm like, you bitch. Yeah. Um, Keyword last, searches are very helpful. Last thing I want to talk about um, before we get into our widget of the week is sources. Mm. Um, mm. This is a project we worked on. Chris Four. and I probably worked on this for four hours one day yeah. a, a year ago. And he said, oh, we just need a half an hour meeting. Let's get four people together to talk about sources. After an hour and a half, I said, I have to go to lunch. I'm done. 
and maybe it was 45 minutes. Who knows? It was longer than 30 minutes. I was done. Everything's four hours around <laughs> lunch. It's time for Brian. <laughs> I was done. I don't know how long they kept working on it. Um, one of the things that you told me that was that really kind of flipped a switch for me when we did this project the first time, because there would be a source. It would be like open house, one, two, three Main Street. I'm like, no, that's important because now you know where it came from. And you go, yeah, but you can't replicate that exactly. You can't hold 123 Main Street open again in September when they had the the whatever parade the week before. Like, you can't replicate that exactly. So knowing that it came from 123 Main Street means dick. It means nothing. And so I'm like... Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Unless you know, they have a thank you card and say, hey, thanks for all these leads I got off of you. Like, you're just going to do nothing with it, probably. I mean, maybe you could do a tag, like a tag, whatever. But, like, if you're going to do weird stuff like that, do a tag. Yeah. yeah. But when you said that for sources, I'm like, oh, yeah. So a couple things we focused on. One, again, switching over from our old CRM to our new CRM, we had a ton of stuff in there that was five, six, seven years old. Ten. Um, that we weren't doing anymore. So, um I don't even know any of the names. I think Craigslist was an example. But, it was, yep. Um, and it was like, oh, okay. Z-Buyer. Yeah, I, I was going to say Z-Buyer. Yeah. I said that earlier, but that was... Um, but like Z-Buyer, right? Or, or let's let's pretend there's a company that does... I don't even know if Z-Buyer exists. Just Craigslist. Craigslist. And we go, oh, okay. Well, if they transact now, we want it. My thought was, no, I want to know we got it from Craigslist. And Chris is like, do you think they bought with us? Because we we have their information from seven years ago, or shit that we did within the last seven years, or more likely in the last year or six months or two months, was that the the causation? And I go, oh yeah. So what we did is we looked at all of our CR, all of our tags, nope, all of our sources, and we said, are we doing this anymore? Or if we're not doing this anymore, if it doesn't exist and it's over this length of time, two years. I, think I, I was gonna say I think it was two years. Yep. We're going to combine those all into a source called Other Web. I know it's very unique. We call it Other Web because it's just shit that we got somehow, but we're not. We don't need to track it back to like, oh yeah, now we need to do Craigslist. Three people close from Craigslist. That way, in seven years, we can start closing deals again. Yeah, it's just not real. It's it's not real. Um, and if three people close Craigslist this month from seven years ago, it wasn't it's because probably the, why local remarketing. Yeah, it was something that we've done this month. It was yep. the the new systems the that are that, that our ISAs put like it's something. Yep. Um and so uh, I mean that's kind of all I really want to get I don't want to go too deep into it. Yeah, I, I just say the same thing I said in a couple other points. If you're what are you gonna do with it? And if you're not gonna do anything, like for example, we broke out Zillow I'll use that example. We had Zillow agent, we had Zillow uh, broker, we had Zillow team, we had Zillow, uh, just Zillow, Zillow, Zillow. We had five lead sources, I think, for Zillow when I came to the team, and I was like, "What is all this?" And it was like, "Oh, if it was agent generated, self generated, because if it came back again, we we changed stuff." And I was like, "Okay, so then it's a past client," and, and so we just started to talk through, and I was like, "Okay," and, and and so what we realized is we weren't changing source after close. So now when we close a property, the source becomes past client. Now, if you want to get really granular, you could add the like a custom field or tag saying it used to be this. So that way you can say, hey, I've got historically this many deals from whatever. But the reason we track source is to track ROI. We want to know are our efforts making sense at the end of the quarter, end of the year, whatever it is. So we go back and we say, okay, I want to see all spent. Let's do one quick tangent of 10 seconds for it. Another one like right now is YLOPO. When we got it over from YLOPO, we were getting everything, whether now we do PPC, we do Facebook, we do a, a click to call promo with them, we did, uh, we get organic, we did seller leads, 
we have agent homebot registered. We have a ton of different stuff that comes from YLOPO. Well, we pay one bill to YLOPO. So from financials, that's one check. And then we get one lead source back to it. We all at this table know that Facebook and Google PPC do not convert at the same rate. We just talked with Rachel about that in another oh, episode. Fun. They don't convert the same at all. Uh, there's a great gap between the two. It's intent-based versus, hey, I'm sitting high at the end of the night scrolling on Facebook. Ooh, house, pretty, register. Very different than yep. I want to find a realtor. So tracking those, and then we had to go to YLOPO and say, I need a spend breakdown. Don't hate me if people ask for that. But I wanted, how much did I spend towards PPC? How much did I spend towards Facebook? How much towards YLOPO seller? Then track each source separately in the CRM. Now I have a true ROI report. Oh, and then we'll have a meeting. It's like, we need more PPC. It's working really well. Or the the Facebook beta we were in, it was like, whoa, that's kind of ripping right now. Let's throw more money on it. But if it's just the whole YLOPO, which it's funny, Kyle just did that. We had a meeting about talking about our spending. It's like, oh, YLOPO is performing really well. Well, he had all organic in there. It's like, well, I would hope organic converts at like 50, 60%. It's, they literally went to whistlerealty.com. Yeah. So you have to break it down at what you're actually going to measure and change behavior with. Um, I don't know. I was going to go somewhere with that. But yes, you're right. If you can't change the behavior or you don't desire to, who cares? Stop tracking it so granularly. You know what's funny is we were talking again between podcasts and this is so in line with what we were talking about. We did another podcast where we talked about sales is equal to dating. Mm -hmm. This, your personality of only have sources for what you're tracking is so in your personality. You literally said you got out of the military, threw away your old shit. You don't need it. Yeah. Literally, I said, I saw my Boy Scout uniform that I'm never going to wear. It probably goes to my belly button, but I won't throw it away. Like, I won't throw anything away. Chris will throw everything away. So I'm like, no, we need to keep that source. And Chris is like, burn the fucking thing down. Yeah, it's, it's different personalities. Uh, I think he's, I don't want to say he's right. But most of it is but, I'm, I'm super ADD, ADHD, whatever you're called. I've been diagnosed with both. I like, I love shiny objects. And it, it's what held me back for a lot of, uh, a lot of time in my life. From where I wanted to be. And so at the end of the day, I realized I had a really good mentor at my last company who owned the company. And he was like, I mean, he'd always do this literally. I still do it to this day because he would do it and just put the blinders up, put the blinders up. He'd tell me that I'd say daily probably. And so I started to believe in it. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna put the blinders on. So even in how I do operations, it's like, how do I help people without asking them to put the blinders on? How do I create process and flows that put the blinders on? Yep. And at the end of the day, if you have a big wide range of sources, it's just, doesn't matter. Just stay focused. Do the calls. Meet with people. Be good at relationships. If you're not track, if, if you're not going to do anything, don't track it. Doesn't matter. Perfect. Before we get into our whistle widget of the week, I think we went pretty good into the do's and don'ts. Whether you are on a team, you are a solo agent, you own a team, you manage a team, you have forty teams. I don't care what you have. I think I would be blown away if I we said something that you we were like, I know everything you said. We do everything you say. And if you did, great. You probably shouldn't have watched the do's and don'ts of CRMs if you are a CRM master yourself. Um, if you like this, please, 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 just like you ask your clients for reviews on Google or Zillow, we're at doing the same thing. If, if, if you uh, get value from your clients leaving you reviews, we would love to have a review from you uh, on, on a podcast platform. It's very difficult to get. Um, I feel like we finally found a good way to get reviews from our clients. Still looking for good ways to get reviews on our podcast. So if you can leave us a review, go to thewhistleway.com for more information to basically dive in and get your um, your business dialed in. Uh, more information about Media Mayor Mastermind on mediamayormastermind.com. We are running a 50% off right now. And we're going to head right into our Whistle Widget of the Week. This is something that we use in our live that saves us time, makes us money, or just helps us have more fun. 
Chris, I'm going to let you kick it off. What is your widget this week? I'm going to go on the blinders theme. D&D, uh, D, Do Not Disturb, uh, is my favorite widget. Oh, I thought it was Dungeons & Dragons. Almost. Tom, uh, Tom, Thomas perked up. I actually learned what that was from Thomas, and then thankfully for Thomas, when I watched Stranger Things, I wasn't completely lost. Uh, I knew what they were talking about. But no, D&D &D for me, uh, it's such a simple one. I think most people don't have the discipline or are afraid of what they're going to miss. Uh, when you're afraid you're missing something, you take everything, you miss everything. So uh, I use, my phone is probably on Do Not Disturb 85, 90% of the day, every day. Um, and I set time to actually look at it. And it makes me a lot less manic, a lot less crazy. And at the end of the day, most people that are calling don't actually want to talk to me. They want to sell me something or, or bother me about something. And if you're in sales position, which I'm not anymore directly, uh, you can still do the same thing. I think that's always the pushback is when I'm doing outbound prospecting, I tell the ISAs all the time, who cares if your phone rings? Like, if that's what you're doing. Now, if they do a call back to the campaign, there's a little bit of nuances. But if you're focused on a contract or you're about to go to your homes, just focus on what you're doing and then make time to make sure you... You're not, uh, someone else's immediacy is not your problem. Mm -hmm. And if you handle it that way, I think it allows you to take a lot more tact and purpose towards the things at that moment you are. And uh, so, yeah, I love my D&D. &D. Yeah, I don't like when you have it on because my immediacy is my problem and I want you to fix it right now. Uh, and it still gets fixed. Uh, eventually, yeah. I, I'm pretty good at it, so that's fine. Uh, my whistle of the week is uh, something that we do. I've said, I say in probably every meeting that I'm in, I'm a visual guy. I need to see it. I can't just talk through it. Like, help me see it. I'll help understand it. Um, that's also how I um, explain things. That's also how I figure out what I'm trying to think. And so having some sort of charting software to where I can say, first it goes here, then it goes here, and from here it can go these three ways and kind of draw that all out without just using a whiteboard. Uh, we use a uh, software website called Lucid Charts. At least, I think it's chart. There's yeah, a chart. Chart charts. I don't know. Just Google I it. I own both. Um, and it it's it allows you to build out. You know, it looks like graph paper, and you can put squares and circles and triangles and diamonds, and they all are supposed to mean something. I don't know what they all mean, but it just helps me say, okay, first, you know, a funnel. First, they're going to go through here. Then they're going to go through here. Then they can either go this way or this way, and from here they go back. To, you know, whatever it is. Um, so Lucid Chart, if you're building out. Funnels, if you're building out text campaigns, if you're building out, um, I don't know, who you're going to sit at your wedding, what the seating chart is, you can use you can use Lucidchart for all this. So um, there's there's a free version which gives you, I think, three charts, or you can pay for it. Do what you will. But uh, sometimes it just helps me build, build out a project. So that is my widget of the week. Chris, thank you so much for joining us Thanks on this Whistle Way podcast. I don't know why I can't say that after Whistle Widget of the Week. Uh, we will see you all next week. Thanks for having me.